Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, and as the 4th of July holiday arrives, should beachgoers be concerned about what's lurking in the waters off of Lake Worth Beach, Juneau Beach, Palm Beach, possibly a shark? I'll be asking a shark expert in moments just that question on this podcast. Shark attacks on average only happen to around 50 people every year. So that means you're around 5,000 times more likely to be injured by lightning than a shark. Unfortunately, Florida leads the nation in shark bites and lightning strikes. That's the bad news. The good news is you don't have to pay state tax here. (laughs) There were only three shark attacks reported in Florida in 2018, according to the International Shark Attack File. That's a scientific database of shark attacks housed at the Florida Museum of Natural History. And though the Sunshine State accounts for 25% of worldwide shark bites, there was only one shark bite reported in Palm Beach County in 2018. So let's sink our teeth a little bit deeper into the topic of shark bites in South Florida. And welcome Dr. Stephen Kajiura. He's a professor at Florida Atlantic University's Department of Biological Sciences. And he has all the answers about sharks. In fact, he got his degree, what, in oceanography from the University of Hawaii, my alma mater, right? Yeah, years ago. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So what are the odds of us encountering a shark in the waters off of South Florida over the 4th of July weekend. Probably not as good as they are for being hit by lightning. That's true. You have a much better chance of being hit by lightning than you do of being bitten by a shark. That's not to say they're not here. Right. Uh, When we fly the aerial surveys, we can see the sharks in the water. But for the most part, they are pretty skittish and they leave us alone. You know, I'm looking at the O-Search website. And they have trackers on some sharks. And Miss May is a white shark. And they have her right off, looks like Daytona. She's 10 feet. That's not quite as big as the Jaws shark, which was a 20-foot or 25-footer. That's a 20-footer. 25. Three tons on him. Then there's another shark, a white shark. This is a male. Sydney, he's 12 feet. So he's off of Jacksonville. But it doesn't look like we have any off South Florida. But that doesn't mean there aren't other sharks out there that could bite you, right? Yeah, that's right. And the white sharks are really not that much of a concern down here. Like you said, they come down here in the wintertime, and then they start to move their way north this time of year, and they'll spend the summers up north. But like you said, there's a lot of other sharks down here. You know, think of the black tips, the bull sharks. You know, some lemon sharks, sandbar sharks, a bunch of species that do spend the summer down here. And so there's uh, still a good number of sharks in the water. So a lemon shark, I've never, is it yellow? I've never heard of a lemon shark. <laughs> it, it really is a slightly yellow. No. Hence the name lemon shark. Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Oh my God, I've never heard of that. <laughs> oh, and do hammerhead sharks bite humans? You know, not very often. There are very few documented accounts of, uh, of hammerhead biting humans. Um, for the most part, the, the big hammerheads that we have down here, the great hammerheads, they're feeding on things that are sitting on the seafloor, like uh, like stingrays or the bottom fish. It's easy for them to get those because their mouths are yeah. underneath that big, strange head of theirs. And right. so they snap things up off the bottom rather than people who are floating on the surface. I remember I got married in Boca Grande, and they have a huge hammerhead shark in the marina there named Old Hitler. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I have. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah, good grief. So anyway, the black tips are most likely the ones that will bite you in South Florida. Is that correct? 
Well, you know, we have a, a variety of species, and the black tips are probably responsible for more bites on humans than any other species in the state of Florida. Really? And one of the reasons, though, yeah, is that these black tips hang out right up against the beach, and that's obviously where the people are. Right. And so you have just necessarily a higher probability of encountering that particular species. Like I said, there's a bunch of other species, but a lot of them are hanging out a little bit deeper, not right up against the beach. And so there's sharks around, but they're not necessarily where the people are. And right by the shore, that's where kids wade in the water. So what are some of the do's and don'ts? Like don't have sparkly jewelry on your kids because that will look like a lure? (laughs) Yeah. So that's one of the uh, other points to make is that a lot of these times, when people are bitten, it's because the shark is seeing something that's, that's flashy, that looks like a little fish, you know, a little bait fish flashing in the water. And whether that's the shiny jewelry or like the, the, the palm of your hand or the sole of your foot as you're splashing around, that's what, ha- that's what uh, often results in the shark's biting. They think it's a little fish. And so that what you should do is minimize any sort of uh, shiny objects that make it look like you're, uh, you know, a little bait fish, basically, and make yourself look like a big human. We're not part of their diet. <laughs> Sharks leave big humans alone. You know, they don't like we're, us, we're right? Not, we're we not little fish. We don't taste very good. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we don't taste at all like a fish. I mean, do they so, bite us and go <laughs> and spit us out? <laughs> that's, you know, what? That's actually what is thought to take place. There was an interesting study, just to go a little bit off topic, about that's white right. sharks, where they looked at um, uh, blubbery seals. And they compared them to, uh, I think it was sheep. And they found that blubbery seals, the sharks will bite them. They get the, the taste of the, the high fat content from the blubber, and that's what they like. They put sheep carcasses out there. Uh, the shark bit it and basically spat it out. Said, that does not taste at all, you know, fatty like a, like a good blubbery seal. So if you're a fat ass, don't go swimming because they might like you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I did. I said it. So also you don't want to swim near fishermen who are reeling in bait or have a net, right? So that's right. a bad idea. Right. Yeah. So that, that's just common sense. If you have someone who's fishing on the beach and they have, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, bait in the water or they're, you know, reeling in fish that are excited, that's going to attract the, the bigger predatory fish like the sharks. Yeah. And so if you see someone fishing, go swim somewhere farther down the beach where you're not going to be in the way of the predators as they're cruising towards that uh, that bait flick. So sharks like murky water, right? That's all roiled up. Do they have bad vision? What's up with that? Well, sharks actually have pretty good vision. Uh, the problem is when you have murky water, it's hard for them to really see whether that's a little bait fish or any palm of your hand. And so uh, down here, fortunately in South Florida, we have nice clear water. And so the sharks are able to distinguish us from the bait fish and basically stay out of the way, right? They, they leave us alone. Where you have problems with sharks biting humans is farther north, like Daytona or you know, New Smyrna area, there you have much murkier water. And as the, let's say, some, some surfers paddling along on his surfboard and his, his feet and hands are in the water, they might look like little bait fish to mm-hmm. a shark. Because or a it seal, can't right? Quite with distinguished the... in this murky water, right? But the uh, you know around here there are no seals and there are oh. no white sharks to feed on them. So that's not so much of a concern. <laughs> California, oh, sure, oh, yes. Wait. But uh, down here it's more uh, little bait fish that you need to worry about. Okay, so we don't uh, worry you know, about imitating. We don't have to worry about looking like a beach seal. Um, so it'll be the surfers during the winter that really have to worry about the sharks because they migrate back up in the when the waters become warm. But the waters are becoming more warm right, up so, north as well. 
right? And that's what is interesting is these sharks are actually shifting their distribution farther north than they ever have before. And so now you have sharks off this time of year. They're up to uh, Long Island, New York, right? And so this hadn't occurred just a few decades ago. And so now you have this new phenomenon of a bunch of people in the water off, you know, Fire Island and, you know, places off Long Island there who are encountering sharks that they never encountered mm. before because these sharks are simply not going that far, uh, that far north. Previously. There goes the neighborhood. And so you have, exactly. Now you have the potential for a lot more human shark interaction because these sharks are spanning a broader stretch of the eastern seaboard than they uh, ever did previously. What if the people up there dress up as sheep? <laughs> <laughs> No, that won't work, Karen. Okay. No, the way some of those people in the Jersey Shore dress, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and in wolf's clothing. So I have a question as well. I kind of looked up all the shark attacks from like the 1800s on up until now. And some people were eaten mm-hmm. by sharks in a river, in an intracoastal. Mm-hmm. Do sharks attack in other bodies of water in Florida? So the shark to be concerned with there is the bull shark. And bull sharks are known to go up into uh, fresh water. Really? And the females will actually go, yep, go up into freshwater rivers and streams, give birth to their young, and the young will often stay in these freshwater estuary areas for the first year or so until they grow up and go off into the ocean. So bull sharks are able to go up into uh, low salinity environments like the intracoastal and streams and things. And as a result, you have the potential for people to say, oh, I'm safe up here. But right? you know what? Maybe you're not. My you know, God. bull sharks are known for as big, nasty sharks in terms of uh, potential bites on humans. So yeah. there is the potential for people to be bitten, even in the intracoastal, for example. So you got to worry about the alligators and the sharks in those waters. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. Oh, my God. Will an will <laughs> alligator eat a shark? No. That's a good question. I <laughs> I don't know. Well, this there's a the 15 year old kid Delano Wood in August of 1899 was killed by a 10 foot long shark that was he was swimming in the Trout River in Panama Park near mm-hmm. Jacksonville. So this must have been a bull shark that killed yeah, him. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Bull right. sharks get big; uh, they go up in the fresh water, and I'm certain that's probably what uh, killed that boy. So the movie Jaws and Peter Benchley's book Jaws really kind of ruined it for sharks, didn't it? <laughs> they got a bad rap after that. <laughs> it, you know, it's so interesting. It is a cultural phenomenon that really shifted people's perception of sharks dramatically uh, and shifted it in the long term. Here we are decades later. This is like, what, the 45th anniversary here of Jaws? Yeah. And uh, people are still, still terrified to go in the water, still afraid of the animals. And Sharks, like you said, still have this this negative rap after all these years. And really, what are the odds that you're going to be bitten in two by a shark? You know, like... Uh, Very, very, very small. Uh, If you look at the number of bites on people, Florida may lead the world in numbers of humans bitten by sharks, but these are not fatal bites. These are bite your hand or leg and you have a really miserable day, but you don't (laughs) die from it. Lots Um, of stitches. Very few people are... Yeah, lots of fishes. But there are very, very few people actually killed by sharks. And so I think that's something to uh, take into consideration. Yeah, sharks have a bad rap, but they don't kill very many people. You have a much better chance of being killed in a car accident on your way driving to the beach (laughs) than you do of actually being killed by a shark when you're in the water. Oh, my God. And when I researched shark attacks and deaths in the past, 
many of those people bled out because they didn't have tourniquets. They didn't know how mm. to stop the bleed. Now we have lifeguards mm-hmm. and people can help you. You know, they were bitten on the leg and they bled out. That's right. not as right. common, right? Right. And that's another common sense point that I would raise. You know, when you're swimming, go swim at a guarded beach, right? Go swim where there's other people there to help in case anything does happen. That just makes sense all around. And so if you do happen to get bitten or you know something happens to you, you've got people around who can help you. And that's, you know, that's going to make a big difference. And what does it feel like when a shark is biting you? Because people are like, uh, they didn't really feel it. It felt like a tug. But their teeth are so sharp that they just kind of like glide right into your... They're like razors. Yeah, <sighs> that's exactly right. I was, I was bitten by a little baby hammerhead shark years ago. And all I remember is it just sliced, uh, sliced through my fingers. It felt like a scalpel. I didn't even feel it until I looked down and saw these little parallel tooth marks. Oh. across the, the tip of my finger. Huh. Um, it was so sharp. The teeth were so sharp. It was uh, like a razor. You didn't even know you were cut until you looked down and saw the blood. And the sharks are the osteichthyes, right? And they've been around for millions of years, right? They're they're actually chondroichthyes, oh, which is me. cartilaginous fishes, yeah, as opposed <laughs> to the to most fishes you. on the reef, which are, okay, <laughs> well, you did a good job, uh, sort of. Um, <laughs> at least you looked up osteichthyes. <laughs> So the sharks are different from most fishes because they have a totally cartilaginous skeleton. Right? Uh, they don't have bones. They have no bones. And so that's what makes – no, yeah, no bone. And and they they are old. I mean, like you said, they've been around for almost half a billion years, 430 million years or 460, depending on how you're, you're aging them. My God. Um, and so they've been around for a long time. They're and like, uh, they've they've managed to survive. They've seen the dinosaurs come and go, and they're they're still here. They're like the cockroach. And they keep they have to keep swimming forward because they have to keep breathing. They can never like sit still. Well, it depends on the species. That's true for most sharks, where they always are, are swimming forward to bring water into their mouth and over their gills to breathe. But some sharks, like nurse sharks, for example, they can sit on the sea floor and they can do what's called buccal pumping, where they're actively pumping water oh. in through their mouth and over their gills. So they can sit still. Wow, that's interesting. I always thought they had to keep moving. So you advise swimmers to avoid dusk and dawn swims. Why? And the reason for that is because that leads to low visibility condition. And it's harder for the shark to distinguish a big giant human from a little bait fish. So that's so like, like the we murky water. You might have the, the murky water, right? Low visibility and the shark might not see if that's a whole body there or if that's just the shiny palm of your hand, which looks like a little bait fish. Right. And so in that case, but if the shark can't quite see, it's a little hard to distinguish, then that's when people get bitten. So, you know, avoid low visibility conditions is what I would say in general. That avoids murky water or dusk and dawn. You know, in murky water, you often get that at places where rivers are discharging into the ocean. Right. You know, you've seen what happens when you've got tides going out and you've got all that murky water. Yeah, that's what you want to try and avoid is, is those sorts of conditions. So the yeah. shark can't quite see what you are. And swim in a group, right? You know, uh, a group is great because you're going to make a lot of noise. You're going to scare them away for the most part. So, I mean, that's that's useful. If you're a little solitary target, you have a much better chance of being investigated. <laughs> investigated. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> now, don't swim if you're bleeding. They can smell and taste blood. That is so gross. Well, I mean, how many people go swimming when they're bleeding? I mean, if you're bleeding, get out of the water. What's the matter with you? Um, I mean... <laughs> In, in the first place. And sharks are very sensitive to odorants, like blood in the water. Really? Um, but 
the the way to think of it is think of your backyard swimming pool. All right, you know, I'm looking at my pool right now. It's about a 10,000 gallon pool. There's about one billion drops of water in that pool, but a shark can detect a single drop of blood in a backyard swimming pool. Really? All right, so one part in per billion. That's amazing. Uh, of, of odorant, right? And so that's that's the sort of uh, range that we're talking about in terms of sensitivity. But remember that that's dissolved over the that whole volume of pool, and for the most part, I mean, that's not going to go very far. Right? It's not like sharks can smell you from a mile away or something. They have to be pretty close to be able to smell that, that drop of blood. What was it, the Indianapolis that went down and all the sharks ate them? The yeah, shark? Indianapolis, uh, World War II, oh. um, went down. There, you had a lot of noise. You know, uh, so you know, sharks are attracted to low-frequency sounds. Oh, they you are. Blood in the water, vomit, everything. Yeah, all sorts of uh, chemical stimuli. And uh, yeah, I mean, in that case... Clearly, you had wounded uh, sailors in the water, and, and they were, you know, they were bleeding. In yes. that case, yes, you can imagine how that would be attractive to the animal. So for the average beachgoer, you know, it's not really that, I mean, if you're gushing blood, I mean, you've got bigger problems than worrying <laughs> exactly. about sharks. Yeah, get out of the water, okay? So is it true that you can punch a shark in the nose and they'll go away? Like, like in the James you Bond know, movies? Sharks are, right, you can, you can try that if you want. Sharks do have a lot of sensors along their nose. These are electrosensors, which are very sensitive to stimuli in the environment, and they're very delicate. And so if you do find yourself in the grip of a shark, punch it in the nose, punch it in the eye, really? punch it in the gills. Any sensitive area, anything that would hurt for you is going to hurt for the shark. But for the most part, do whatever it takes to get them to release them and get back to shore immediately. And finally, um, we're speaking with Dr. Stephen Kajiura, and he is an expert on sharks. You know, in the movie Jaws and then the subsequent sequels, the the sharks actually, like, ate the boat. Is that – does that happen? <laughs> I mean, I've seen a bite mark uh, out, of a, out of a surfboard. Mm-hmm. I, I do have bite marks on my boat. You do? Um, but, you know, little, little chips here and there. But they're certainly not going to do much more than that. I, at least I hope not. Oh, my God, you don't sound too sure of yourself. You're going to need a bigger boat. Even even your little kayak that you're paddling around or something, you know, it's still going to provide a, a good, solid plastic protection between you and the animal. Their, their jaws are not going to be able to, to crush through that or, or puncture it, for because, example. Because we've already said that they're in the frickin' rivers, so people are terrified now. Yeah. Um, so, and tiger sharks, are they almost as prevalent as the black tip in biting or no? Yeah, tiger sharks are another really popular shark down here in South Florida. And the nice thing about tiger sharks is they have this enormous mouth with these very interesting teeth, these recurved teeth with serrations along them. Hmm. Tiger sharks have been known to literally saw a sea turtle shell right in half. No way. Um, and so with, they're able to grab, grip, and, and shake their head back and forth. And those teeth are able to basically saw right through that bony shell. And so in that case, yeah, you have the real potential to saw through very tough material. But for the most part, I mean, you're not going to encounter that. The chances of you having a tiger shark biting your boat are, are <laughs> infinitesimally small. Oh, my God. I would not worry. It would not even cross my mind as something to be concerned about. Okay. And finally, the you know, speaking of boats and sharks, remember the video of the fisherman that dragged that shark behind the boat mm-hmm. and thought it was hysterically mm-hmm. funny? What, what did you think of that? Mm-hmm. Was that a crime? Yeah, basically it was. And I believe he did end up being charged. Yes. 
it was horrendous. I mean, that is an unspeakable, inhumane act to inflict on any animal. And the fact that the humans seem to enjoy it so much yeah. really speaks to the quality of the person. So right. Because it, no matter how bad a rap the shark has, it doesn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Nothing deserves that. No. So just remind people, if you're going to go to the beach on 4th of July weekend, don't wear sparkly jewelry, go in groups, don't go in murky water, etc. You know, I would just remind people that go out and have fun. Yeah. This is a, a tiny, tiny thing to be concerned about. I would be much more concerned about drowning. <laughs> uh, you have a much better chance of doing that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, learn to swim. <laughs> and then worry about a shark. <laughs> oh, man. Dr. Stephen Kajiura, thank you so much for joining me on Full Rigor. I really appreciate all your expertise. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So just to wrap it up, shark attacks have been documented in Florida all the way back to 1845 when a fisherman was drawing his seine net in Pensacola, Florida, and a shark seized him, pulled him out into deeper water, and killed him. And then in 1849, two women were bathing in Pensacola, Florida, and a shark bit one woman, Mrs. Crackton, and pulled her out into deep water. Well, Mr. Mansfield jumped in, saved one woman, attempted to save Mrs. Crackton, and he ended up being eaten by the shark as well. Although his body was never recovered, scraps of his clothing washed ashore later, and of course... Mrs. Crackton's mutilated body washed ashore the next day. Then through the years, more and more shark bites happened, but lots of people died, as I told Dr. Kajiura, of bleeding out, not just from being bitten in half like the shark in Jaws. But Dr. Kajiura also said that tiger sharks and bull sharks were really the culprits, especially in Florida. Case in point, in August of 1981, a woman fell off a catamaran and was possibly killed by a bull or tiger shark as she attempted to swim to shore at daybreak off of Daytona Beach. Another death in September 1981, possibly another bull shark, was a guy named Meeker. He was killed swimming between Anna Maria Island and Egmont Key in Tampa Bay. He had taken off his bathing suit and used his drawstring to make a makeshift tourniquet on his right calf, but he bled out. Also in September of 1988, a bull shark killed a guy last name Martin, John Martin, while he was snorkeling around Shell Island near Panama City, Florida. A 10-foot bull shark caused fatal thigh and hand wounds. Ouch. Then in 1998, James Tellisman was killed by a tiger shark swimming off Ocean Beach in J.C. Park, Indian River County, Florida. The U.S. Coast Guard says that his body was recovered the following day. Nature of wounds led experts to believe conclusively that it was a tiger shark about six feet long. Then Thaddeus Kubinski, 79 years old, was killed by a bull shark in August of 2000 in Pinellas County. Witnesses say he jumped into the water from his dock behind his house. He did it every day. But this time there was a telltale fin sticking out of the water swimming right toward him. He died from massive blood loss and organ damage before rescuers could get to him. The shark was estimated to be 9 feet long and weighed 400 pounds. Then September 2001, Eric Reichhardt was killed possibly by a bull or tiger shark. Although classified as a drowning by the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office, it was listed as a fatal shark attack by the International Shark Attack File. Reichardt drowned while diving on a wreck of the Ronald B. Johnson in 270 feet of water, about two miles off Pompano Beach. He was fighting off a shark, and his diving regulator fell out of his mouth, causing him to drown. 
Should have punched him in the nose. Also, 2005, another bull shark killed 14-year-old Jamie Daigle. He was killed while swimming with a friend on boogie boards about 200 yards off of Fort Walton Beach. Witnesses estimated the shark to be about eight feet long, and Jamie's leg was severed, and she died of massive blood loss. This reminds me of the girl that was surfing in Hawaii, and a tiger shark bit her arm off. Bethany Hamilton. She was surfing and was paddling on her board and the tiger shark grabbed her left arm and ripped it off. It scared her, but she returned to professional surfing. This happened in 2003. It made her a star. Then finally in February and winter in 2010, Stephen Schaefer was attacked while kite surfing around 4.15, about 500 yards from shore in an unguarded section of beach off Stewart Beach in Martin County. Authorities initially thought multiple sharks may have been involved in the incident because rescuers say he was surrounded by sharks. The Martin County Medical Examiner's Office concluded he died from massive blood loss from a leg wound. So now you're thoroughly terrified and will never go back in the ocean. So I suggest that you spend your 4th of July weekend, if you are here in South Florida, at the community pool. The only terrifying thing you'll find in there, possibly, would be a baby Ruth bar. That wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Check us out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. Until next time. Thanks for joining me. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.